0: Welcome to Growing Home, the podcast that helps you take care of the place that means the most to you, your home. I'm your host, Terry Therian, alongside your co-host, Len Giddix. What a conversation today. We got a behind-the-curtain look into the Farmer's Almanac, talking to Peter Geiger, it's a long
1: time. And second generation editor, what do you think, Glenn? I'll tell you what, Terry, I've always enjoyed the Farmer's Almanac. I mean, the way it, it, it gives you a lot of information that you would probably never hear of in another from another source, but it does it in such a laid back, uh, friendly way. Um, right, it's like a it was, it's kind of like our social textbook you know yeah for- it's a social guide to life uh, what it amounts to and uh it has a different way of looking at our lives we're you know it's today's lifestyle is pretty hectic it's 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 full of microwaves and computers and deadlines and well the 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 almanac looks at it from a different perspective a perspective that we've probably long lost or most of us have long lost that uh, 200 years ago was was fact and it still works it's just that we don't have the time to observe it yeah and uh, you know it's and in, in even
0: our social textbook as to how we interact with one another right. observations of society but also observations of nature yeah. and and a guide to how we should interact with it. Like what's the best day to go fishing?
1: I couldn't have put it better. <laughs> but you know what? The most important thing that it asks and answers is will there be a white Christmas this year?
0: Well, I guess we'll have to read the Farmer's Almanac to find out. I guess so. So with that, enjoy our chat with Peter Geiger. <laughs> All right, Peter. Thank you for joining us today, um, Len uh, and myself, in sharing with us a bit about the 2018-2019 Farmers Almanac, and uh, you know, calling us in all the way from Lewiston, Maine.
2: Yes, my my pleasure. It's always always a pleasure to chat with you guys.
0: Yeah. So, did you get started? Can you kind of give us a synopsis or overview of of how you think about what exactly the Farmers Almanac is?
2: I think of it as a guide to good living. I think it's about helping people do things i think it, it empowers people to try things that they might not otherwise have tried but back in the 1800s in 1818 david young was our first almanac editor and he published an almanac as did almost everybody who had a printing press printed an almanac and he had five different almanacs and the farmer's almanac was obviously intended for farmers and so over the years the 202 editions that we put forth of the, of the publication. The Almanac has just evolved with the times and the needs of the times. I think what we specifically don't do is we've never been political. And I think it's interesting when I was reading all of the Almanacs from the beginning of time, there was nothing about the Civil War. There was nothing about World War One or Two, or anything political at all. And I always thought that that was really good. It was really about what people needed to do. So in the earliest days, the Almanac was a kind of a guide to how to do things. So how to kiss, uh, how to behave, what you should do, what a good good young man does, a good woman does, uh, what kind of careers we should have, And the Almanac is really about information that you might not find somewhere else. and so that's what it's about. is it turns out my father met the editor back the previous editor in uh, nineteen thirty three or thirty four and um, my father was twenty one years old, and the editor was eighty nine years old, so within a year or two, all of a sudden my father's the editor of the Farmer's Almanac. And he did it for 60 consecutive years, even when he was in the South Pacific during World War II. So the Almanac has a long tradition. We've always been published. And one, of the, one aspect of what we do is weather. But that's not the only thing we do. In fact, I, I like to think that the weather is only 16 pages out of 200 pages. And so, um, as I said at the very beginning, it's a guide to good living. It's, a, it's a, a place to go to find information that maybe your parents told you about or your grandparents told you about. Um, and so that's what the Almanac is. It's a guide to good living. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about um,
0: your father and the history of the Almanac. You know, how did how did that transition go? And, and what was your path to becoming, you know, the editor of the the Farmers Almanac?
2: Well, my father was very forward thinking. We have we have a company called Geiger Brothers and we, we deal with uh, imprinted merchandise, pens, pencils, lo- logos. Thing, anything that has a logo on it. And that's what the Almanac was from 1818 to 1994. Only a business could buy it and put their name on it and give it away. 1995, Sandy Duncan, my managing editor, and I started a retail edition. Um, But when I was seven years old, so my father was always thinking about his boys coming into the business. So when I'm seven years old, my father's saying to me, you know, I think you should be the editor of the Farmer's Almanac. And I'm thinking about it. And the, the the kicker was that no editor died before the age of 86. So I thought about it. And I said, okay, that sounds good to me. And so here I am. Uh, this is my 40th year with my name on the cover, 25th year with Sandy Duncan doing a, 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 a retail edition. And um, so my, my entree was my father when I'm seven years old telling me I should be doing it. But then when I first started with the company in 1973, so this is my 45th anniversary with the company, um, I started to go on trips with my father watching what he did, how he promoted the Almanac, and and then i was doing the mail people were sending letters in and saying i love the almanac and this means a great deal to me before i die i want you to know this is important and it gave me a sense that the almanac really is an important publication to many people Um, it isn't an unsophisticated publication it is not necessarily for farmers it really is for for urban farmers as well as people who have gardens and um and i always i always it always resonated with me that people love the almanac for a variety of reasons and that's why i think i love it And this is why this is now my 40th year doing it
1: yeah there's not one subject uh you know gardeners farmers even just uh nature lovers uh can learn so much from it uh using new cleaning uh products and stuff like that homemade uh, cleaning products uh peter In your title is the word philom. Um, Am I pronouncing that correctly?
2: Yes, it's it's, it's philom, P-H-I-L-O-M, period, philom. It's an abbreviation for the word philomath or philomathian, and it means that you're a lover of learning. And so people who came to this country and set up printing presses long before there were newspapers or magazines were publishing almanacs. And some almanacs were medicinal because there weren't a lot of doctors so it gave out medicinal advice some were religious because there weren't many ministers i mean going way way back in the 1700s 16 17 early 1800s and then in the the middle 1800s a lot of almanacs were were called farmers because everybody was a farmer and the almanac every almanac stayed in this little little community and it wasn't like there was a lot of crossover um so yeah so um so that's basically how the almanac got started and that's We've, we've kept the name, and I've kept the name bec- bec- not because farmers read the almanac, but I think we associate farming, we associate gardening with, with the earth, with growing something, with doing something good. And, and today, if you fast forward, and I look at all the different changes, even in my 40 years, the changes that have taken place, today people want to have food that's healthy. They want to grow it themselves. They don't want things that are, that are tainted. You, you always hear about bad foods that are coming in. And um, so how do I do that? How do I do canning? How do I do gardening? How do I do these things? And the Almanac, both the Almanac, the book, and the Almanac, the website, farmersalmanac.com, allows people to get information to help them to help them do whatever it is they want to do. Yeah, there are a lot of lost arts that you cover. Let yes. Me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, the most popular page on my website is not even weather. It's actually fun, fishing and, and hunting pages. And, and, it's, and, and, it's, and it's actually – hunting and fishing and it's usually males 24 years old to 34 years old and you know we tried,
1: tried that out uh with the fishing end of it uh and went out specifically on a day that said it was going to be good fishing last month mm-hmm. and son of a gun it was right maybe it was a coincidence i'm going to try it again but uh, <laughs> i was a little bit leery about
2: that but uh it seems to work well, it, it does work, I, I mean, because I literally have millions of people who, who come and, um, and try it and use it and, and continually use it. I will say that from my own personal experience, this summer was not a good fishing summer um, at, my, at my cottage last summer. Summer ago, it was a great. This summer, it was hard to find anything.
1: Yeah, well, I just have news for you, Peter. There's no good day to
2: castrate a calf, at least according to the calves. I was going to say, not according to the, to the animals. Well, we have, we have calendars in the Almanac uh, that are um, about when to do things. And yeah. for the most part, it was you know um, digging poles, castrating animals, things of that nature. And then about 10 years ago, somebody said to me, isn't there something more modern than that? And so we, we looked into it. And basically, when you use the, the signs of the moon and the zodiac, you're able to calculate when the best time is to get married, to get your hair cut um to uh, buy a house throw a party and i think a lot of it has to do with the mood the moon the impact the moon has on our moods and our our personalities i actually have had several people who have had cancer who told me that cutting according to the signs that your hair grows back stronger or thicker actually works now i don't know if that's true or not but it has something to do with i think the moon and the and the blood blood that's why there's certain days for surgery are good certain days for castrating are good because it has to do with the flow of, of blood in the body and how the mm-hmm. moon affects it and all and i mean i'm not you know I, I i know that we have a formula that does it um and and for many many people that's that's a big deal
1: your,
2: your weather predictions
1: are years in advance is that correct
2: yeah we do the weather or we can do the weather two years in advance i mean clearly we're published a year in advance but um, back in 1818, when David Young was the first editor, and he, he knew that weather was important for farmers, so he was a mathematician, a calculator, an astronomer, and so he put together a mathematical formula that's, that's based on the, the, the suns the, the, I'm sorry, the sunspot activity, planet position, in fact the moon has on the earth, and, uh, and some other components. But that's how he was able to do weather two years in advance. Now that was, he was in New Jersey at the time, and I'm sure that's what he was predicting weather for over the course of, of the Almanac. Obviously the, the country expanded, the Almanac expanded, and then in, in 1995, Sandy and I decided to break the country into zones, U.S. and Canada, and so we we go two, well, we do it two years out. We're doing it by zones of the country, and we also do it by three-day segments. Um, I think one of my, my best predictions in the history of my life was when the Super Bowl was being held in New Jersey in an outdoor stadium. And uh, it was very controversial, apparently. I didn't know it was controversial, but it was. Because the outdoors and snow could be a, a problem. So, the August before the Super Bowl, I'm saying there's gonna be a big snowstorm between February 1st and the 3rd, and the game was on the 2nd. So, uh, long and the short of it is, it started to snow. As the game was ending, That started to snow, and people couldn't get out of New Jersey. It didn't stop the game. But it was very interesting because everybody was interested in what's going to happen. And sure enough, the same, the very storm that I called for two years in advance happened just as we said it would happen. I not I don't hit everything all the time, but I hit yeah. other things. And that was that was just, what was so interesting about that is it was, you know, the news, people are interested in the news, but this was the sports. And so all, all along, I'm watching national football games and they're saying, Farmer's Almanac says it's going to snow during the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it might be. Bit- my, um, yeah. Well my great my great fear was it was gonna be 70 degrees and sunny and, and I'd have to explain it for the rest of my life. But it was perfect. It was dead on in terms of what we said it was gonna be.
1: Say, does NOAA or the National Weather Service ever consult the almanac?
2: Well I won't say publicly they don't, but I think that they probably do. Maybe I've they never, maybe they should. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. All I all I know is that NOAA is now coming out with like long-range. They, they, they used to say nobody can do this. Now they're coming out with at least a sense for what the what this winter's going to be, or they even come out with what next fall is going to be, and, you know, they'll tell you that we can't do what we're doing, but then they're trying to do it. Yeah, and more power to them. Yeah.
0: So, actually, back to where you were talking about everybody's, you know, into gardening, gardening organically, and we're back to talking about the timing of everything, where it's, you know, the day to sow seeds, the day to harvest, yeah. uh, the day to castrate your animals, but You know, the big thing that we're finding, especially with our customers about growing things naturally and organically are using, you know, just natural elements in their favor. And the big thing is timing. So Mm -hmm. I could see, you know, a big thing with, you know, not as much the weather forecast and whether or not we'll be digging ourselves out or snowing during the Super Bowl. But, you know, when is the window of opportunity, the last
2: Mm -hmm.
0: frost date and, you know, setting people up for success that way and just. You know, being aware of the natural elements, you know, for success instead of, you know, using things like fertilizer.
2: Well, exactly, and you know, sometimes people poo-poo it, but long before there was radio and whatever, even even the almanacs, people used to observe what was going on, and that helped them know what kind of a winter it was going to be. So we have this thing called twenty signs of a hard winter, and it's it's uh, unusual activity of squirrels, acorns. uh, the, the thickness of the of the husk and the corn. And there's 20, 20 of these things that are on my website. Um, the, the, the interesting thing this year has been squirrels, and I'm sure it's true where you are. Squirrel activity has been nuts. I mean, <laughs> 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 I have ten of these suckers going across the street at the same time, and they're just frantic. I mean, I, I don't know what it means, and I don't know if it means anything about winter, but um, we've had a lot of comments on that. We actually posted something, and it was one of our best, pay, best uh, viewed items of the past three or four months.
1: Well, we, one of the reasons people look at that with uh,
2: One Eye Closed is
1: the, uh, because we've lost the art of observing squirrels. How, how much time do we spend watching squirrel activity and noticing the difference between that one year to the next? That, that, yeah.
2: yeah, that's that's the big thing. Okay, well, how many is a lot of acorns and how many is, is a lot of squirrel activity? And yeah. people before, were, they weren't watching television. They weren't looking at their phones. They were observing everything around them. So it became a bit of a science because people knew If this was happening that was going to be what the outcome was going to be and and i think it's more power to it i mean i i would much rather be able to observe something and know something else is coming we have um a lot of weather lore and and things of that nature in in the almanac this year and and on our website um and again my website is farmersalmanac.com i got all kinds of videos and, and articles on almost everything you just go and punch search and we have a free newsletter every wednesday so if you go to the website, sign up for a free newsletter, you, it's like 250,000 people get it every Wednesday. and what, Whereas I used to just have to put out a 48-page almanac, now you're doing 200-page almanac, but you're also doing postings every day on all the different social medias, and it's fun. I mean, there's just a lot of activity.
1: Yep. The so website is,
2: is interesting. It really it, is.
0: Oh, yeah. It, actually, I just looked up a, we, I had a debate within my family about um, the – what do you call it? The butterfly moth.
1: Mm-hmm. Or the, the humming the hummingbird moth,
0: The hummingbird moth.
1: Yep.
0: And uh, we were reading up on uh, that on your website because we like Is, someone thought it was a hummingbird. I was like, no, 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 that's a moth. And answered by the Farmers Almanac. That's
1: right. Yep. Well, there's a lot of information like that, Terry, that you you can find information about the hummingbird moth. But there's a lot of information in the almanac every year that you just can't find anywhere. I don't know where you find it,
2: Peter. But no. uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a good a good staff and. When you're in a certain business, people are sending you things too that are that are they know are going to be of interest to you. Um, what I really like in the almanac are that like the helpful hands. so we call them life hacks. And yeah. the two or three that I think are so simple, but everybody says, "Oh yeah." Well, I retrofitted my building, which was built in 1954. We made it all glass. So when you want to have stress-free wa- window washing, you on one side of the glass you go horizontal; on the other side you go vertical. Then when you're done. You know, if you missed anything, what side you missed it on. I mean, very simple. Horizontal one side, vertical the other. If you want want to have a natural de-icer, when you have coffee grounds, just put them in a pot and then sprinkle leftover coffee grounds on on a freshly shoveled walkway. And it helps to melt the ice naturally and it's environmentally friendly. And on on eggs, when you make eggs, I always cracked it on the edge of a a pan. And, of course, some of the, the shell would go in. Instead of doing that, just hit the egg flat on on a surface and then open it and almost never'll we'll, we'll get a shell in, in the in the egg
1: now Peter, does the governor of Kentucky the new governor of Kentucky <laughs> really have to swear that he has never participated in a duel?
2: Well, that's what apparently the law of Kentucky is I don't know I actually I just met met the governor of Kentucky in Maine the other day um, likewise. What's a <laughs> But then, but then if you live in Massachusetts, snoring, unless all bedroom windows are closed and securely locked, is prohibited in the state by an old law that technically is still in the books.
1: Yeah, so, you can get arrested for snoring in Massachusetts, I understand.
2: Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, unless, yeah, it says if you haven't locked, closed and locked your, your windows, you could be arrested. Um, okay. In Maine, there's 4,600 islands off the coast of Maine, which I had no idea there were that many, and only a handful are actually uh, inhabited.
0: Well, I think that puts uh, an explanation on my family's migration from Boston to, Conne- to Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: uh, I will say one thing that the Farmers' Almanac has met, made me a much more interesting person at cocktail parties. See, because you come up with this stuff, you know? <laughs> keep the conversation going.
2: Yeah. You know, we have we have one story this year's almanac um, about pla- single-use plastic, and and this has gotten a lot of press, particularly the uh, the straws, because I think there's. 500 million straws are used every day and the problem being the stuff gets thrown out and it gets into the sea and it goes into the uh Mm -hmm. animals eyes and noses and things like that but when you really think about it you don't need to have a straw every time you sit down and have a drink and if you're at home you don't tend to use straws but you go to a restaurant you do so now there's been a pushback of uh some of the bigger restaurant chains doing away with with straws unless you ask for them but we have like five single-use plastics that we think could be easily remedied. So the straw, you, there are some there are some straws that are, well, actually, pasta can be used. There are some that are, de, um, are, are decomposable. Uh, water bottles, there, we use 1,500 water bottles a second in this country, but you could just take a, bo- a, a container and just refill it instead of having a different bottle. There's 10 billion coffee pods that are used, capsules that are used, and they, they take years to decompose. Styrofoam cups, you can obviously use paper. And then grocery bags obviously there's grocery bags that that are not plastic and you can use multiple times so i think and and i mean i i want people to do what they want to do but i i think people particularly the next generation are going to want to be better to the earth than we've been so far and there are things that we can do that um that are that are not wasteful and and you know with seven billion or eight billion people on the planet There's not an unlimited number of resources. So we should just work a little smarter, a little harder, and it's easy to do.
0: Yeah, You know what? Excuse me. I think for maybe next year's uh, life hacks for the Farmer's Almanac, we could even not so much of replacing what we're using and using a different material, but even going upstream and just rethinking our whole process into how we're drinking things. I was listening to a podcast actually this morning. And it was a restaurant, and they said they were talking about whether or not to use tablecloths. And, you know, they they said they spent so much money over the year just washing the white Mm -hmm. tablecloths. And the reason for it was when they put the glass with ice down on the table, it would create the ring on the table. And they had wooden tables, so that would cause an issue and wear on the table. So they actually said, you know what, we're going to stop using ice. We're just going to keep all the glasses chilled. (laughs) <laughs> and they had, they were able to eliminate ice and the ring on their table, so that prevented the, yeah. you know, chemicals and mm-hmm. water that was
1: wasted in washing the tablecloths. Well, you know, I don't want to show my age, but back when I was a boy, the paper straw worked just very well. It was yeah. a little wax coated paper straw. Mm-hmm. And then we got fancy, but, but Peter, I have to say that there are certain things. Both Terry and I have facial hair, and there, there are certain things like ice cream cones and that and, and drinks that are, you know, uh, cold and frizzy, fizzy that uh, require
2: a straw for us guys. More for Latin. And for that, and for that, you can buy a multiple-use straw too. By the way. Oh, that's true. There are actually straws. And, and, and I would say, you know, there are, there are people who, who have difficulty, either for physical reasons or whatever, to drink, and, and a straw is appropriate. But there are straws that are, are multi-use straws. And I for you kind of guys, you hairy kind of guys, I would agree. I, I mean, unfortunately, can't grow a, grow a beard or anything. I'm pitiful.
1: Well, I'm going to have to carry <laughs> uh, an opportunity, a commercial opportunity carry your own straw around. Exactly. <laughs> like a Fountain Pen. Before before we close this uh, interview, we have to ask you, why is there a hole punched into the upper left-hand corner of every issue of your almanac?
2: Well, that is a throwback, because in the early 1800s, the only thing that was printed were Bibles and almanacs. And so you didn't have bookcases or bookstores or bookshelves or anything like that. So what happened was people had an almanac and they drilled a hole through the, you know, a nail through it. And they hung it wherever they read it. Could be in the outhouse, could be in the kitchen, could be wherever. And so around 1919, we figured out how to drill it automatically as a throwback to the good old days. Uh, so the hole in the corner really is because the almanac is intended to be not kept in a bookcase, but actually hung somewhere. Excellent. Where, it's useful. Wherever your reading pleasure could be. <laughs>
0: Mine's in the outhouse.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, and
1: after the mm-hmm. corn cobs and this year's catalog are done, I suppose the, uh, you know, the last year's almanac will, will do fine. Right.
0: <laughs> right. So, Peter, actually, when you think about the almanac, is it, you know, whether it's a, about the almanac or content that's in the almanac, what do you find is, is usually the, the most underappreciated portion of the al- almanac or, or feature of it?
2: Wow. Um, underappreciated. I, you know I, I don't even know how to answer that question because the number one um, web web view is fishing and hunting the number two is moon information and number three is weather and i I think you know people appreciate the 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 uh, the, the uh, recipes that we have we always have a recipe contest this year it's kiwa and a recipe that has kiwa in it last year it was garlic um, I'm not sure that there's anything that's underappreciated the question is how much of each thing do you put into the book um so I don't know I I'd I say that it's pretty much appreciated by different people for different reasons but I um I think the the humor is appreciated I, I'd have to I'd have to defer to um, to somebody else to tell you what what is is not not utilized everything gets utilized in some way and I and I get feedback on everything so that's that's always good and then then there's a whole social media, the, the Facebook. I've got a million, two hundred thousand Facebook followers, twenty eight thousand Twitters, you know, Pinterest and the whole nine yards. And that's an ongoing effort to, to keep getting material that's fresh there and engaging people in conversation that that's positive, obviously, uh, not political. And um, and so we're kind of working all the angles. And that's that's a good thing.
1: Peter, uh, before we go, I'd like to thank the Willimantic Public Library. We're uh, calling you from their uh, palatial studios here on Main Street in Willimantic, beautiful downtown Willimantic. And uh, even though we had a freeze this morning, we had ice on the ponds, uh, but it's a very warm afternoon. Uh, I understand it's not the same way up there.
2: Well, it was. Well, actually, it's warming up today. It's getting to be 50, but it was um, very cold this morning. It was actually snow on the old pumpkins. In a couple of the ski resorts are going to be open this weekend, but uh, as you know, with weather it can change. But you know, the Farmers' Almanac, the 2019 Almanac is out there. We're in stores. Um, and in, 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 I think you have three locations that we we are in. And yes. uh, I hope if somebody sees it, orange and green cover, not any other color, uh, that uh-huh. they pick it up and, and make a comment.
1: It's got to be orange cover to be be the the only uh, almanac that. I- At least I recommend.
0: Only what I read.
1: (laughs) But it is available at all Mackey stores in Willimantic, Colchester, and Woodstock.
2: (laughs) Thank you guys very much. It's been been a real pleasure. I enjoyed it and hope we can talk again. It's always good talking to you, Peter.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Peter.
2: Thank you much. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you all for listening. For notes from this episode, check out the blog section of our website, at mackiesinc.com. That's m a c k e y s i n c.com. And remember, where that is, and which you love, that's home. Mackies, where the home
1: grows.